0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds.
1: My name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this channel. It's called Real Rap with Reynolds. I can't believe I run anything in this life. But uh, the idea here is that you all, Tracy, Tracy Pinter is always the first one in there. She should win a prize. So I think. Oh, I like that you like did a hmm, that uh-huh. like you agree with that, because usually you go, but you're always saying crazy stuff like that. And then we end up sending stickers to China. So the idea here, here goes everybody, jumping in there, is that you all have heard this before, but for those of you that haven't, the idea here is that Mondays can be, can feel daunting, and Sundays can feel even worse, because it's, you know, Sunday and you're freaking out because you have, I don't know, three weeks left, four weeks left till winter break. Something, some madness like that. Some of you are getting ready to finish school. I know like dudes in Australia are getting ready to finish at the end of December. Are they done? I feel like something like that. So I don't know if you want to duck or not, but I'm going to show everybody. I literally, we just made it because we went and got a Christmas tree today. And then that Christmas tree.
0: Well, we let the kids pick it out.
1: Oh, Oh, we yeah. Oh, it was the kids.
0: I I switched. Yep. Yeah.
1: It was how big?
0: Like you know, twelve feet.
1: Twelve and a half feet. I have ten foot ceilings. That means we took a lot of it off, and now here it is. And what we're noticing is there's this large kind of indentation. <laughs> Looks like it got hit by a car on the way home. You have to turn that towards the window. You know, see, the thing is, we put it in front of the window too. So if you turn it, it like just turns in front of the window, and yeah. that's for the neighbors to see. Oh, well, they didn't pay for it. Um, I like that we have plywood in the back, too. we have plywood everywhere oh, to keep our dog, dog trapped in. I thought we were done with baby gates, so we got rid of them. So, okay. anyway, um, that is what's going on. I'm actually hot now from cutting that thing. I know. We borrowed a sawzall, and then the thing died on me, and I had to like use like a regular uh i did my makeup
0: today <laughs> who said that Jess Prescott. she's
1: not hiding oh, oh oh no she's yeah she did you say because you did your makeup uh-huh. today yeah usually yeah.
0: some days i look like a terrible hot mess
1: are you feeling good today
0: yeah better you look
1: very, you look very pretty today <laughs> thank you um so i see everybody on here I, i'm just saying hello to everybody steve and jamie and Hail teach and i'm here and johnny and I see. then I always feel like if I stop there, then I'm going to stop on all of them. Um, Leah Pratt, we follow her on uh, Instagram now. I know,
0: she likes my sweater.
1: Thanks. Oh, <laughs> I, nobody likes my sweatshirt <laughs> that I've worn a thousand times before. Um, do we have anything else to announce before I talk about Teachers Connect? Anything going so. on?
0: All no. right,
1: so I'll remind people of the other stuff yeah. in a minute, but, um, <clears throat> and then want to give something away today.
0: No, because i don't know how to do it like it's not
1: really i don't know how to no, well, maybe friends. we'll just figure it out no okay you don't so you don't want me to give anything away to people no. all right so i should just get into questions uh, yes all right maybe next if you week. think of a way next to get
0: week.
1: next week we're going to yes. start giving stuff yeah. away We have this ridiculous idea to give stuff away for the holidays it's not anything exciting because you know we we dream on a budget but uh we just thought it would be fun and ridiculous so i have like a bunch of ridiculous stuff that i use where's my new thing is that yeah. around my pointer i this is real scripted right now right but i made this new thing and i love so i like everything gold for some reason i don't know because i feel like if it look if prince was a teacher he would have everything gold too so i made this look at this pointer. you,
0: didn't, you did not make this
1: well so i painted it and like just listen don't ruin it it's funnier if i <laughs> but look i just think of like kids are sleeping in class you can just point them or you could just say can i have just one moment please before you start talking to me I, there's like a thousand ridiculous things that you could do with this uh, and it looks like mickey mouse's finger but it's it kind of looks
0: like you're sticking a middle finger up sometimes it throws me it doesn't off look guard. Like
1: I'm, it looks nothing like i'm sticking well, it like,
0: up like this way it throws me off i mean
1: but that would be kind of funny cuz someone <laughs> would be mad and they'd be like oh my god can you believe you had that and it's like dude we're talking about it's Point your finger and then they would feel all I dumb
0: know.
1: that would be even funnier so anyway um Let's talk about Teachers Connect. I'll talk about Teachers Connect. You sit over there, hidden in the cut.
0: Yes.
1: Teachers Connect, right? So let's talk about this. They started, I don't know, in January last year or something like that. And it's a website, and the idea is for folks to be able to go on and to be able to leave questions and answer questions. I saw somebody on there today that runs bake classes, and I never thought of that. I always thought of like classroom teacher, like traditional teachers, but then that just kind of opened up my mind to like, I guess if you're teaching stuff, like, it's a good place, like, like, learning how to convey information in a way that people want to, like, consume it is the same, probably for all teachers. So I just thought that that was fascinating. And so Teachers Connect, you can go on, it's completely for free, it's just for educators. And you leave a question, or you leave a post, or you answer someone else's post. And, you know, the thing I think that's the most interesting about this is, when I am not just when I'm bored, but like when I'm just sitting around at night, if my wife's watching, a show that I'm particularly interested in a lot of times I'll search things like hashtag teacher problems on Instagram or on Twitter, or on Facebook. And then uh, I go on and then I look for people that asked, like posted that they had a terrible day or that something went wrong, or they had an observation that didn't go well and nobody, they just kind of like put it out into the Twitter verse and nobody answered it. And then I like going in and like, not just leaving a, uh, an answer, but I like doing like a quick video to them. Cause I just think that that goes over more. So it's a super fun thing to be able to do, but now Teachers Connect kind of gives you that space to be able to do that. And so somebody on Teachers Connect, I like that I brought this piece of paper over and I didn't even write her name, but I remember it. Jessica, who had no answers to her post yet. So if you want to go on there, it's right really on the first page on Teachers Connect, you can answer, like speak to this for her. But she was saying how she had her first observation kind of how it went, and things she could have done better. And I just remember that feeling of like, the first time I got observed, I remember it was a dude that sat in the back of my room, didn't know anything about me. He had a sheet that he was checking things off. And I remember, I, w- I walked to the back of the room, and I saw his computer, because I was like, trying to grab something from my desk real quick. And he was surf, he was shopping on Amazon, as he was giving me my observation, He wasn't even paying attention. So I was like, dude, Is that like for real? And so nowadays, I think if someone observes me, my department head, Miss List comes in and observes me, um, I don't know, pretty regularly. I I like to make sure that I want that information. I like to make sure that I'm asking questions that if she says, hey, tell me about this in your classroom, I'll tell her that I'll ask like, well, how would you do this? Or what do you think about this? And, you know, one of the things I really, really appreciate about her is that she's always willing to help me get better whatever i'm sort of struggling with so organization not a skill that is like my best right um i'm not bad at organization but i'm not an awesome organizer like my wife so i just think that like when you know so i'm not really answering this woman's question but i'm just saying i think sometimes when you go into observations it's better to be on offense than on defense and ask people like if they give you a bit of feedback ask for a little bit more like dig in a little bit and um And it's kind of like, it just kind of reminds me of fight club. It's like, instead of like letting someone else just punch you, you're like asking them to punch you or punching yourself and then beating them to it. Maybe that's a good observation move too, punching yourself in the face. Mm -hmm. Uh, So want to jump into these questions. All right, let's jump in because we always run out of time. So let's try and get through a bunch of these. Uh, Michael Silva is saying, Hey, Ronaldo, actually, I have a lot of students that call me that. How, how many major assessments do you typically hit in a marking period? Um, I do a major test once every five weeks. That's the final for the book. But I also do, um, depending on the book, I either do a quiz. So re- Sorry, Merchant of Venice. I'll do a quiz at the end of every act. Uh, sometimes with other books, I we read Lord of the Flies, for instance. After that, I'll do a quiz every week, maybe every two weeks. to just check for understanding, make sure that, you know, like, we're doing study guides for a reason. It's so that you can do what, so you can know what the heck's going on in the book also. And then you can do well on the quiz as well and then kind of scale it from there. And then the quiz leads to the test. So that's kind of what that looks like. And then I do a uh, vocab test every single Friday. But otherwise the big tests are only once every five weeks because that's how long I plan out for it to take me to do any book. Um, Hales teacher saying, any advice for making an impact on an interview tomorrow? I would say, Yeah, I I think when I'm a part of interviews, I always really like when people do their homework about the school that they're coming to. So look up things that are, that you, like, do they have a website? Do they have um, a newsletter that they put out? Do they have, you know, if you go to their school and you get there a little bit early, our school has like a coffee table in the front and we have copies of the school newspaper on it. And so you can read through that and see if you get a sense of like, oh, they have a computer program or, oh, this looks really important or they lost someone, or they, you know, won the championship in football, just going in and saying like, hey, by the way, like, congratulations on this accomplishment, or, um, you know, being mindful of like, what they are particularly good at, or what they're trying to get started. And then maybe there's something you fit into, and you say, hey, I really have an interest in robotics also, or, you know, I saw uh, on your website that you guys were like, you know, didn't have a poetry teacher this year. I'm also fluid in being able to teach that subject. So I think what you're doing is getting ready to interview them and asking them more questions about their particular institution. And also maybe figuring out other places where you can fit in because you don't ever just teach. Like there's always other things you get involved in because that's like fun. So I would just be mindful of that as well. Ready? I'm gonna drink some coffee while I'm at it. Cause you know what, let me just share this. Because I won best dad ever in my house last year. I'm not the best dad ever in the world, but in my house, I'm the best. And one year I didn't win it, but I deserve that. And you should you should talk while I'm drinking coffee.
0: No,
1: uh, Niz Art is saying my eighth grade is starting to is starting an art for a cause project. That first of all, this sounds awesome already. How do I get them passionate about the subject or find something they can get passionate about? Uh, for example, body image. Equal rights, bullying. Um, some kids seem lost. I think, geez, I I think wow, that hurt a lot. Um, I you know, I think there's a lot of different ways you could do that. One I think is giving kids a voice and having them come up with a consensus. And then I'd say, so say if I was going to do something like bullying, there's um, I don't know if you saw the ever saw the pork chop video, but there's a video. You ever seen this? It's about this kid who says his grandmother used to give him pork chops. And so what ends up happening is like that happens. And then he gets pulled into Difus and he gets bullied about his nickname forever. There's all this really, really moving poem that goes along with it. So showing something like that gets kids engaged in what's going on. So it's like they sort of pick a topic, but then you do the homework and bring in, videos, stories, books, movie clips, um, music, maybe that was written about that. And so what you're doing is like creating this passion in the students, because you're getting them excited about something that they might not have been excited about. And when they're young, when you're in eighth grade, there's a very real chance that you've never been anywhere in your life. You've never seen any actual struggle. You've never been through any actual struggle yet. So I think doing that could really, really help kids start to like have an eye of like what's going on in the world. Um, so I would sort of like figure out what you're going to do and then figure out what you're going to get, how they're going to get passionate about it um, by just Googling stuff online. And um, yeah, so th- that that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, Chris Woods is saying, Hey Reynolds, I'm a sophomore in college and I just switched my major to history with a concentration in teacher education. Any advice? Yeah, man. Um, first of all, so switched from what history? Oh, I thought you said what you were before, uh, Chris. I would say um, start. I, I always just say start teaching now, um, and figuring out like I, I would say who is getting excited about education in school. Uh, I hope I can still be heard because it looks like we're in a winter storm. Yeah. So they, I, I think surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded that are excited about this, that are challenging this. And then being prepared. I think one of the best things to do when you started a school is like, I think a lot of new teachers have a tendency to feel like, um, they're going to bring some new fire that no one ever brought before. And my guess is most teachers were pretty excited when they started and then they just got burnt out. So instead of going in and looking like you're going to dominate and I'm projecting here, of course, like, I'm not saying you would ever do this. I don't know what kind of person you are, but, um, Going in and looking for, like, um, like remembering that other people have expertise and to listen to what they're saying. And then I would just consume as much other content as I could. Like, I think Rape with books are the greatest. That dude is awesome. Um, and there's a handful of other teacher books that I think are interesting, too. Still, I think the sound is fine is what I'm okay. getting. Um, so, yeah. And then I would just start teaching find somewhere to tutor, go on Craigslist, put in that you're a tutor. You can make, you know, $30 an hour or something like that, tutoring some kid from a local neighborhood. And that starts getting you in touch with students. Um, Amir Williams, I know this guy. Amir is a student of mine. And Amir, I didn't read this yet, but Amir asked me if I would apply to go on Survivor this year, which I've agreed to make a video. I didn't tell you about this yet. Oh, maybe I should have told my wife first. But yeah, Amir was like, you should go on Survivor, Reynolds. And so I told him I would apply. I'm like, I have video making skills. Like,
0: yeah. you know. Like Survivor, like the show, the show. Like, where you go out there? Yeah. You would be the worst. I would be simple. awful. You would be awful. You're such a big baby. Hey,
1: thanks a lot. We're well, alive, a, alive to the world right now. In and,
0: a loving kind, way.
1: Right? Amir is saying, so I've been working with kids again. And I, uh, th- I think I told you about it. They are so mean to each other. They call each other's names and fight all the time. What can I do about this? Oh gosh. Um, I so I would turn, let me turn this over to other people real quick because the last time I tried to give Amir advice, um, I didn't know what I was talking about because they were like five-year-olds and I teach 14 year olds who sometimes act like five-year-olds. But what, what would you all say to Amir? Who's like, he wants to be a teacher one day. He is trying to teach as much as he can. Now he worked in a summer program over the summer where he was like a mentor to students. What do you think is a good move for him Going forward, like help trying to help these kids to like uh, to to do this, to try and figure this out, to try and like get kids to not be so mean to one another and to get along. Give um, another question for me. So that that's going to be my ask. I'm here. Keep an eye on the on the comments, because I'm going to try and get some some help your way from folks that are teaching kids that are in a similar age to what you're teaching. And I'm here if you could also say, how old are the students that you're teaching and like how many kids are are in your care at a time? uh brina hoffman i like your hair color brina hoffman uh future teacher here i want my teacher i want my future classroom to be a safe space how do you handle bullying whether oh, it's the same kind of question uh whether do you or whether you see it or a student confides in you how do you help without overstepping or making it worse i tell dudes first of all that my room is always a safe space that you're not allowed to be a bully in my room. I will kick you out of my room. If you try and do that. Um, and there's room for error, right? Like people say one-off things. And then they're like, my bad Reynolds. And if I feel like you're being honest, then that's cool. And then we have to follow up with it. We have to have a conversation afterwards. I think what you're going to find is that when your room becomes a safe space, then it's known as a safe space. Like you will, it might take time to build that reputation because not everyone in the school knows you. But it becomes a safe space and you become a safe space as well. So students will come to you. They will confide in you. And then you have a choice. It's either, you know, I think you put the power in the students' hands. But if it's a serious issue, you have to report it, right? We are, as teachers, we are mandated reporters. You have to go to um, whatever it is, like the people that are in charge of social services or, you know, whoever you would go to for that, the other thing that you're going to do is um, give that. ask the student what they want to do. Like, do you think um, this is a big deal? Do you want me to help you confront someone? Do you want me to do like peer mediation with you? Um, that could be really interesting too. Maybe starting a peer mediation group at your school. We started this this year. And so the other day, I see these two knuckleheads got in trouble, right? And I say knuckleheads because they're just like, they're those guys. They're not bad kids at all. But they just like, they do stuff where you're just like, bro what are you even thinking about? So they go into this conference room and they come out and there's an older student with them. And I was like, bro, this kid, Jacob. And I'm like, Jacob, did you just, would you just like peer mediate that situation? And he was like, yeah. And I thought, that's awesome. So we had a group come, they trained the students about peer mediation. They had to go to a whole bunch of meetings and stuff like that. And now the idea is that the students are far more likely to listen to other students than they are to teachers a lot of times because they trust them and because they're the same. And and it doesn't feel so much like authority is trying to talk to you about it. So it was really awesome. But I just think other than that, I just tell kids like I try to – I think nothing beats bullies a lot of times like self-confidence. Like when you have a lot of self-confidence, when you feel like you're part of a group, when you feel like people care, when you feel like you're not alone, when you feel like a teacher tells you you're worth a damn, then – someone talking shit, it doesn't mean anything to you, right? It doesn't mean it, or it doesn't hit you as hard because you're like, bro, I I know I'm better than that. Like I don't have to go home and be alone and and be hurt, but your homies are going to rally around you. I think the nets, what you do is, so what I also do is like, I always try to get kids in my class to be parts of little groups um, that we we call my classroom, the Island of Misfit Toys. We're like a lot of the dudes that you see in my videos we're not hanging out with all those guys when they came in, but now they are because we, we created that safe space where those kids were, and then they created their own group, and then that was empowering to them. Uh, Teachers on Fire. I see. Hey, I, I forgot about. Um, so I'm just being – I'm just reminded that uh, Teachers on Fire has a really great podcast, and you should check it out. I was on there one time, and this dude's really great. Um, hi, CJ. Have you ever tried using Google Forms for Shakespeare quizzes? Uh No. I'm not even sure how you would do that, but I'm interested in how you would do that. I did just start using ZipGrader for real quick like comprehension questions. So like um, we have another homie that has something called QuickKey and essentially like you just uh, create a sheet that you can print them out online. You fill in all the right answers. You take a picture of the key and then you take a picture of the, the kids tests and it is like, magical like it's just instantly um what's going on over there so i'm not saying to her that but it's interesting like how quick that that goes on there uh so yeah yo teachers on fire you should put your um your link in the comment section so people can find your podcast uh you have another question for me do oh
0: sorry.
1: sorry i had that in my hand
0: mm-hmm.
1: my bad i'll to use this time during some call there you go um logan hicks is asking, hey, I just started at a Title I school. Any tips? It's been challenging, but I love it. Yeah, keep showing up. Um, I think Title I school is the number one thing that kids deal with is a lack of consistency in their lives. So whether that's consistency in the class, your attendance consistency, like showing up every day. And look, I mean, if you need a day, it doesn't mean don't take a day off. You should 100% take a day when you need it. But showing up year after year, I mean, I think one of the things you're gonna find is like, most regular public schools do not have the conversation around April of, "Hey, are you are you coming back next year?" But that is every charter school that I've like that I've ever even dealt with, not let alone worked at. There's always that conversation of like, "Did you hear so and so is not coming back next year?" Um, hey, Mark, can you not play behind the Christmas tree because I'm afraid it's going to fall down and then um, that's going to be a just trying to
0: clean up. Pine oh,
1: those. that's fine. You can clean them up, but just don't go behind the tree. 'Cause that is, you know, danger. One year we had the tree fall down and that was a nightmare. In the middle of the night. Um, I think the dog wanted to die. I think it fell over. Did we go back to bed and just leave it there?
0: Yeah, because I wasn't cleaning up balls at like two AM.
1: Didn't sound good. Um <laughs> Matt uh, Hannah Maxwell, how do you feel about flexible seating? I love flexible seating. I so. I talked to my friend, uh, Jen, from Genuine Teaching last year, who I always call Genuine Teaching, but whatever. Um, And she got rid of uh, regular seating completely in her class. Now, she teaches younger kids and I teach high school kids, but the more I do it, the more I realize that it's a really good move. And so I, I would love to get rid of all of my desks in my room. I just don't have the money to have other options. But I think definitely having stand up desks. So if you look at any of my videos in the back of my room, I have these large plywood boxes that I made that the kids sit in, they sit on, they can stand behind. There's stools, you can use them as a work table. So you can fit like four dudes there at a time doing work. And it's really awesome. It's a great way to kind of like give kids that have a hard time sitting down a chance to like move around if they want to or stand up or, or just move back and forth. This one kid I have sit in the back of my, in my class this year, Grant, uh, Grant knows that he's not allowed past each end of the table, but behind it, he can move wherever he wants. I'm like, dude, you can do pirouettes back there. I don't care. As long as you stay back behind your box. Your um, Yeah. Stay in your zone. Get in the zone.
0: Oh, don't do that.
1: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh Kristen Rainey is saying, how do you deal with a uh, with the class that is super chatty? They are, The highest learners, but it seems like they don't pay attention. They're kids that love that I love talking to because they're so fun. But then um when it's time to teach, they just don't want to listen. And it seems they are so chatty during class. I think I think kids that have gotten a, a well gotten along pretty well without having to work super hard are the kids that are always the chattiest. And so I think giving them more difficult work, maybe giving them timed amounts, uh, or like set amounts of time for each activity. So they know that like this train's moving on, like, you know, now that you're good at something doesn't mean you have the whole period to do it. So like, maybe you're good at reading, maybe you're good at answering questions. Maybe you're good at coming up with answers. Now, how quick can we get you to come up with something on the fly? Because you know, when you're in a real conversation with someone, when you're in a real argument with someone, you got to be able to come up with that stuff fast and then support your point and then listen to what they're saying and then come back to it. So I think some stuff like that, treating it a bit more like a higher level class could really work with that as well. And then stopping them sometimes and saying, I need everyone to stop. I realize that, like, you're feeling comfortable enough to be to feel like you can talk, but it's making me feel like you don't care or like that it's like – this isn't important what we're going over. I'm telling you that it is. And so, showing them why that's important and just noting it like, can we note how loud it is in here right now? Like, this cannot be like this. And then, maybe build in time at the end of class. Like, look, if we can get through this, I'll give you the last five minutes to just chill if you think you can handle that. It's not for everyone, but like, that could be a fun way to kind of do it too. I build in that incentive at the end. Um, never, ever, ever in the beginning. Always at the end, made that mistake before where I le- I was like, oh, you guys had a long day. How about I just give you the first five minutes to chill and then trying to rein them back in after that? That's like when you go to Chick-fil-A, always have your kids eat first, then they go to the Playland. Never Playland first because you're not getting them back. Plus, they're all filled with germs because that place is disgusting probably. Miss um, D is asking, uh, do you take work home either to grade or to plan I always do, but some of my colleagues say that they don't. Wondering if I'm doing something wrong, I teach <clears throat> science grades 7, 8, 9. That's a lot of grades. Uh, I would say this, Miss D. I don't typically take work home with me anymore. And the reason for that, though, is because I've just done this for so long that I don't need to. Like I could literally show up tomorrow if there was a challenge and it was like show up tomorrow and teach something. I can do it. I can get through an entire period off of thinking about something like on my walk into the school. Um, But again, that's just because I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I know that when I do plan, my lessons are better. They're more cohesive. They are more thoughtful. Um, I think one of the ways teachers go wrong is that teachers like will make up a lesson, a lesson and then 10 years later they're teaching that same exact lesson. And I think that's a bad move. I think your students change from year to year. And they they have different interests. There's different types of kids that come into your class. There's different learning differences that you're going to have. So your class should always be sort of like shape shifting a little bit. Right. Doesn't mean you can still teach. You know, whatever book, whatever lesson, whatever math problems you're going to teach, but teaching algebra might look a little bit different this year because you have a lot of visual learners or this year you have kids that are like, you know, you have more kids that don't speak English uh, as a first language. So you're going to shift your lesson a little bit, too. So I just think that you're always, always changing stuff. You, you got rid of that question already, didn't you? Um, so you did.
0: Yeah, 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 I just wanted to make
1: sure I said everything I needed to say about it. Um, so, and because I do YouTube now also, like I do a lot of YouTube at night and then I want to make sure I build in time with my kids too. So my planning looks like typically an hour on a Sunday, but no more than that. So you're not doing anything wrong. I just think that shows your commitment also. And so it's like, yeah, you, I think you keep at it and don't let anyone else tell you, make you feel like you're doing something wrong. You're doing something right because you're caring about kids. You're caring about your classes and you're putting that work in, um, just be mindful of teacher burnout. And I think that's as easy as like playing your lessons on Sunday morning, go out and have fun for the rest of the day on Sunday make sure you're kicking it and doing something fun. Uh, what was the next one, dude?
0: Oh. That one. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Niz Art is saying any advice on parent teacher conferences too. At my school, parents sign up for 10 minute meetings. I'm scared. I'll run out of things to talk about. Nope. You'll never find to run out of things to talk about. This is why you turn it around onto parents. And so I made two videos on this on my channel. I forget what the second one was called, but the first one was called, uh, what It was it called? It was like tips on dealing with parent teacher conferences, I think, or something like that. So I just think if you turn the question onto parents, hey, I've been noticing this behavior in my, in my room. I'm wondering if you deal with the same thing at home and what you could give me, um, like what works for you at home. Or uh, I'm noticing this in class. Like, he doesn't do his homework, he has a hard time paying attention, he can't sit still. Uh, whatever it is. What has worked in the what teachers in the past have really figured out a way to work well with this style of learning? And so what you're doing is like putting you're you're actually asking for advice from the parents instead of just giving them information, um, and then always coming up with the next move. So, like, okay, let's say this going forward. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're thinking about. This is how you can contact me. This is where you can see his grades, blah, blah, blah. So they're getting a better picture. And then you open up those lines of communication and don't feel like you have to talk for 10 minutes. If you're five minutes in and it's a real quick meeting, then just don't talk about it. Like just be like, okay, well, that's great. Like if you want to get headed to your next meeting, you'll get there a little bit early. I always like make it sound yeah, like it's I heard that. Easy.
0: like, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah. Just cut it
1: off. Yeah. Or just like try and get a sense of like who they are, what they're about, where they've been, like like, what is their kid interested in? Like, I just think that that's a really fun thing to do as well because it just gives you more intel on the student. Liza? Yeah,
0: she Leza. said, sorry. Can't. She said, it's okay. Oh, she already run. knew.
1: <laughs> I already love you because you said that. But as a student, how can you feel motivated about school? I think knowing, look, for guys that don't get it, I let them know school's kind of a game right now, right? Like, you need to reverse engineer whatever you want to do in your life, right? And so that sounds a little Gary Vee ish, but in reality, like, my wife and I, let, let me lay it out for you like this. I'm not going to tell them the whole thing. No, no, no. no. But I'm just, I'm not going to tell, I'm not, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to tell people, like, what our,
0: you yes. know,
1: goals are in our life, everything. But
0: I have a sense,
1: I have a sense, not even five years, some of them two years, of, I know on YouTube where I want this to go, right? I know, I have a clear indication of where I want it to go. I know things like, I never want to charge money for any of my videos. Videos are completely free. I never want to charge people to email me. I never want to charge for like, when we start getting our website up, I know I want to be able to offer some stuff to people. Some things will be paid because it takes me a long time to make. Other things will just be free. You want seating charts and all that stuff people email me for all the time, completely free, right? But I, ha- I know where I'm going with it. I have a vision in mind. I know where I want to live. I know where I want to vacation. I know where I want my kids to go to school. I know what I want out of my relationship with my wife. I know we we plan things like what, what dates we're going on in a month to make sure that actually happens because we work so much. <clears throat> the reason I think that's important to you is that if you get a sense as close as you can – For what you want in your life, what kind of job you might want, who you want to be able to take care of, where you want to be able to go, where you want to travel, what the the opportunities that you want to be able to have for yourself or for your family in the future, when you can reverse engineer that, and you realize that high school is actually a part of that plan that you can't get there, right, so if you want to be a doctor, you know, you have to do well in high school, I know that college is not the answer for everyone. I wanted to be a teacher. So I had to go to college. There's no other way for me to do this job unless I go to college. So I think the way to get excited about it is to realize that it is a stepping stone to the next thing. And then you absolutely crush it. You were like Jocko Willing talked about this in a video one time where he's like, I just looked at it like it was a mission. And this is Jocko Willing is the most decorated Navy SEAL of all time. He's like, I even had pencils lined up in the front of my desk perfectly sharpened and I would be ready to write notes. And if one of those points broke, bam, another pencil right there kept going. And I just, I love that sensibility because you're taking ownership for it. It's not high school is not something that happens to you. It happens for you. You take advantage of it and then you can get to the place that you want to get in the future. And I think that's how I would get motivated about it.
0: Um, just Tracy Pinder's comment. Well.
1: Tracy Pinder is saying, Rounds, amazing race is more your style, I think.
0: Absolutely. You guys
1: are really—you are doubting me. I think. I gotta say, I don't like it at all. Uh, it's, no, I think amazing race would be awesome. Uh-huh. It would be amazing. You would be—I don't know if you and I could do amazing race. What if I did amazing race with Tracy Pinter? Can I have an, another yes, question?
0: I know. I'm trying to find one. There's slots.
1: Who would be someone on YouTube? what other youtuber should i do amazing race with that's a good question i'm gonna say pocket full primary yeah she's determined she would drag me i think she would put (laughs) me in a suitcase and pull me behind her and she ran the boston marathon she's good i don't know i'm while you're looking looking for a question there's a question here's here's something in the comment section if i do amazing race What other YouTuber should I do Amazing Race with? We should apply for Amazing Race also.
0: Uh, Um, Together?
1: No, me and you? Yeah. No, that would be a nightmare. I I love our relationship. know, we would argue. No. It
0: would kill our relationship. No,
1: we work too hard. (laughs) We have an amazing relationship. We're not messing it up over Amazing Race. Um, Chuck Bird is saying, hey, I'm an 11th grader from Germany and would love to be a teacher, but I'm not a fan of of the school system, and I don't think uh, I would be happy... In this environment, do you have any similar thoughts? So I would say, yeah, I don't like the school system either. I think it sucks. But I think sometimes look, I, I I just think that you could be mindful of that, right? At the age that you're at, what is another way you could affect change in young people? Or why do you want to be a teacher? What is the change that you want to make or see happen in the world? And then figure out if there's an alternative. Route to making that change, for me. So even the neighborhood that we live in, right? And this isn't a diss to anybody that lives in the neighborhood I live in. I don't know, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, something like that. We were talking with friends, and we decided that we wanted to live in a neighborhood where we could be good neighbors. And this is going somewhere. I'm telling this story for a reason. I've never talked about this on YouTube before. Um, We decided to move into a neighborhood that we felt like needed. Uh, good neighbors. That's it. We weren't better than anyone else. We weren't trying to be the shining, you know, white hope in a neighborhood or something like that. But instead of moving into like a really tough neighborhood, which is where I wanted to live, we went one step out, right? And we decided to bridge the gap. Our neighborhood is historically racist. It is um, mostly white community, uh, which is funny now because our whole block is very, very diverse. All, All the people we hang with are like extremely diverse, which is Just kind of funny because our neighborhood 20 years ago that wouldn't have happened, and then we're one step out of where I used to work and came to New Jersey, and so the idea there was to just immerse ourselves in the community, to become a part of the community, to start community gardens, to be a part of the school board. To I'm gonna I'm going to assistant coach basketball this year, even though if my life depended on it, I could not make a free throw. Um, I am like the Charlie Brown of, of basketball, and so sometimes I think it's in, it's worth thinking about to immerse yourself in the thing that you don't like the most to be the change that you want to see, right? Like, uh, I think who said that mother Teresa, be the change you want to see in the world or Gandhi, or I don't know, it's kind of interchangeable, but, um, I think that that's just a good, it's worth thinking about. Um, Kimberly W. How do you feel about popping observations from principles? And have you thought about giving away real rap with Reynolds stuff like shirts and things like that? So, um, we have, we have, so let me answer that first because I think it's interesting and I've been working on a lot. We have a website coming out. The website has taken a lot more work than I ever thought it would. And it's my good friend, Joe Chavez, who has a company called brand spark that you can check out if you're wanting to get a website started. So he is working with us. We're building it out, but there's a lot of stuff like to write. There's a lot of decisions to make on it and form and like how you want to design and stuff like that. And it looks so good, but we've been trying to think of that first. And then we are going to sell stuff like um, everything from hands on a stick that I've had in videos to the bubble ones, the golden microphones that I make to maybe these little golden things. You can clean your ears out with them um, to Lesson plans, unit plans, handouts uh, will be made available. A lot of that stuff will be free. And then um, like Reynolds swag also. So like shirts and stuff like that too. But like um, that's, so that's in the works now. Like as we speak, we have meetings every Saturday and Sunday morning, the wife and I. So, and then how do I feel about popping observations from principals? I don't, I don't love them, but here's how I get around that. If someone ever asks if they can observe or if in the beginning of the year, um, one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to new teachers is make sure you're observing other people's classes, I ask for people to come to my class, right? This is how I get over it. So when they go, if someone recommends this, I'll stop and say, hey, just so everyone knows, anybody's available in my class at any time. You do not have to let me know ahead of time. You can just pop in. Usually 10 minutes gives you a feel of what my class is like, so you don't have to feel like you have to stay the whole time, but I'd be more than happy to have you. now I get every so we do a lot of public or private fundraising at our school. I get every fundraiser that comes through I get every newspaper that comes through I get everybody from anywhere that comes to our school all come to my room. And it really kind of forces you to be on point and I never look at it like it's a bad thing or like I'm going to get caught doing something it's like. Someone walks in. Hey, I'm really glad that you're here. Let me know if you have any questions about what you see later, and then just go right into your lesson. Like you own it. Like you're not afraid of it at all. I think that that's how you handle it. Um, Piano boy, what's up, man? Is saying, Hey, Reynolds, I didn't get a notification that you were live. I played. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, that's Tap doesn't up. make me happy. Um, so for everybody, if you hit the little bell, that's where is it in the bottom right of the feed. Um, it will let you know whenever a video goes live or, or a video goes up and stuff like that. So anyway, um, I applied for my first teaching job, but when we'll be doing an interview soon, I don't know when any quick tips or advice. Thank you. Yeah. Same. I, so I just answered this question. Actually, I would say, learn about the school you're going to, and then ask them questions also be prepared. So you don't know what they're going to ask you. There's really almost no way to prepare for, An interview, right? It's going to be awkward. Own it. Own that you don't know an answer right away. But I would say two. Actually, two things. One, learn about the school you're going to, and two, I would handwrite a thank you card to the school when you're done. Even if you have if you have the worst handwriting in the world, I would type it. But I would I would like to type it on a typewriter. I think that that shows a level of class and a level of kindness that most people don't do. It's not an email. It's not something else. It's just dings on my phone. It's an actual card that someone took the time to write. Um, and I love giving. Every single person I meet at any conference gets a handwritten card from me um, as long as I have your address. And I just think that's a, a great touch. Um, Amron Namith is saying, I think I know, know that name from before. Um, Hi, Reynolds. You create such special relationships with your kids. How do you keep up with them after they leave? What?
0: The Eagles won. Oh, the Eagles the won? Dang it. <laughs> Finally.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Um, we were going, we went Christmas tree shopping
0: and we missed it. Why are you looking at me?
1: I'm showing you right now. Oh, (laughs) uh, and man, I would have liked to see the Eagles win. I've been watching every game this season and it's the first time I've ever done that in my life. Anyway, uh, Amron, I would say, how do I keep up with them after they leave? I don't always. Um, but I want my students to know that my room is, a place they can always return to. So kind of insanely on, what was it? Wednesday, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, everybody came home. We had grades due. It was the last day of the trimester and everyone was coming back to visit. And you're like, I'm like showing a movie so I can get, Oh, and it was my birthday. People were coming in. People were singing to me. People were wishing me happy birthday all day. I'm trying to show a movie to kids. I'm trying to keep everyone cool because right before the holidays, kids that like have a, especially kids that have a lot going on at home where they're not sure if they're getting Thanksgiving dinner. They're not sure where they're eating it. They're not sure if their family's going to be around. They're not sure if their dad's going to be around. They're not sure. Maybe somebody got locked up recently. Maybe somebody died recently. Like there's a lot of emotional turmoil. So to keep things cool, I cheat and I just show a movie or TV show or give a test. Um, But it was madness and all these dudes were coming back and everybody wanted to talk. So that's one, like, that's one opportunity is to just say, Hey, my room's always open. I hope you come back and visit. Um, I think social media is a great way. I, I, I only follow students after they graduate. So I don't follow them on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that until after they graduate. And then that's a really easy way to keep up with kids also it just keeps like lets you keep, stay in the loop of what's going on. Oh,
0: I'm slacking. I'm sorry. Are
1: you slacking? Mm-hmm. I know. Babe, I've told you this before. I can't keep telling
0: you. Oh, here's another
1: right. one. About... Stop, Stop it. You get <laughs> one more turn. <laughs> See, this thing's <seems> great. <laughs> uh, have you... Oh, same guy. Uh, or um, I think. person. Amron. Namith. I'm not sure if that... Uh, oh, gosh. I'm going to put my foot down. in my mouth right now. Uh, have you had kids that you had great relationships while you taught them, and then after they left the school... It went cold. How do you feel? Sure. Um, that's fine. Look, I think, especially as high school teachers, where we have the, I think grade school teachers probably typically have, don't get to have the depth of relationships um, because those students don't always need it because the kids don't know that they need it yet. Now, you could have a really great relationship with a student that that goes deep because they were having trouble at home and you were able to forge some bond or, or for, for whatever reason, but when you leave fifth grade and you go to sixth grade or you leave grade school and you go to the middle school, you don't have the means to go back to your elementary school and go see your teacher all the time, right? But in high school, you see those kids during very formative years and then they go off to college and it's a little bit easier to keep up and or they have a car or they can get back to the school or whatever. Um, You always do that. So I think that, you know, I've had a number of students that that's happened with, but I'll tell you this. I have also had students that I lost touch with years ago that every once in a while I'll end up, they post something about me on Instagram. They'll, they'll text me out of the blue. They'll tell somebody else who will get the information to me that like, that something I said one time was super powerful in their lives. And here's the thing, man. Like, I think as teachers, we say and do stuff all the time that is like plants a seed in a kid that they don't even realize yet until they're older or you say something that either hurts someone's feelings really bad that you thought was a one-off, not a big deal kind of a thing. Or you say something that was super empowering to someone and you had zero idea that you even did it. So I think that's all worth keeping in mind. And, you know, you let those kids go. Like, it's like, I don't know. I can't really think of another. I'm trying to think of a metaphor for something that you grow and then you let it go. Like if you nestled a baby bird at your house that you've rescued. I'm All right. So, um, yeah, I, it can hurt sometimes, but I think, uh, you just wish them well. And I just literally will close my eyes sometimes, um, when I pray. And then I just like, literally like picture, like light like going their way or love going their way. And I know that got real woo woo all of a sudden, but you know, that's what we do every once in a while.
0: It's not a, um, it's not a question. Oh, it's it's just such a, just a lovely me. comment. No, that
1: one? That one. Audrey Nowark? Mm-hmm is saying, hi, Reynolds, I haven't commented before, but I want to thank you for doing this. I have been teaching 28 years and have recommended you to many teachers, especially new teachers. You are the best. Thank you very much. I really deeply appreciate that. Like, I think the best thing anyone could do is to just pass this on and let other, people's, other people know that it's a resource. Um, and so while I'm, I'm saying that, let me let me say this also. We have started a closed Facebook group that if you go on Facebook and you just search real, what is it? Real Rap with Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds teacher talk. There's a closed Facebook group and it's for anyone in education. You could be a college student in education. You could be an administrator. You could be in social work, but you work in a school. You could be a teacher, whatever it is. You could be wanting to be a teacher. You get in there and you can ask questions. We just felt like it was a really private place for people to be able to ask questions. And plus it lets All of you that are having conversations in the comments here, like take it a step further. You don't need this to happen to be able to further that. And I like that. I just am seeing people like post questions this week and they have like 10 responses, like long, thoughtful replies from other people. And I just love it because teaching can be such a lonely occupation sometimes where you're embarrassed or you're not sure what to ask. And that's part of the reason behind this live feed too, is for all of you to be able to ask things. And get advice and talk to one another and ask me questions. But now there's this other kind of centralized location. So if anyone's interested, you can go in there, it will never cost you any money, it will always be free. Um, Not that I think I could charge for that anyway. But like, I want you to know that that's where it's coming out of a space of like, folks asked for it. Some one of my homies, like recommended it, and then we created it. And there it is now. And then also, if anyone needs it, right, this isn't like me doing an infomercial trying to sell something here. But if you need it, we are offering that. We are, as we're not both doing, but, um, I'm offering mentoring one-on-one mentoring, where we will go a little bit deeper or, or a lot deeper into your teaching into what's kind of motivating you on how you can make your lessons better on how you can like, really, we can dig in and talk about your students or your toxic teachers or what were we saying? You back. Yeah. Like what's holding you back from being the greatest teacher you ever wanted to be. And those are, um, by appointment. So you just shoot me an email, let me know that you're interested in mentoring and then I will send it to you. Um, we are charging for that, but we're trying to make it something that people can. So this is why, because it's taking more time away from my family, but I really, I love the stuff so much. I love connecting with people on that level. And so there's like different, it doesn't all cost the same. You can enter in as, as you wish. And then I can, so shoot me an email. I'll let you know kind of what that looks like. You let me know what works. And then we figure that out. So if you're in China, Germany, Turkey, Australia, like if I need to be up at four o'clock in the morning so that you're on your lunch break and we can have a conversation, I will hundred percent make sure that that happens. Cause that's like how important I think all this stuff is. Um,
0: and so for anybody who sent an email, we're working on the last step. Oh you know, yeah. So for that. anyone
1: that did send an email already, we got a whole bunch of them. Um, we're trying to figure out a way, this last step on like how to actually schedule people and so you can know when your so appointment is and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is new. So we're like, we're like learning so that we can do this for you. So just so you know, that's the gig. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Uh, this is Chris Woods is saying, I currently bring a group of friends, most of them are education majors too, uh, once per month to volunteer at Habitat for Humanity. This be a good thing to try to do with my class or teams, uh, good for character, 100%. <clears throat> this is why. excuse me i think um anything outside of school and students being together forges bonds that classrooms cannot do right i don't know what it is i I can't explain it exactly but for instance last year there's a guy if anyone has a chance to check him out on youtube his name is mac primo m-a-c-p-r-e-m-o Mac Primo is an artist, but he also makes commercials and stuff like that. He's won a bunch of Emmys. Um, He's done commercials for everyone from Ford that have been. I'm pretty sure he's done Super Bowl commercials. Um, But he also creates art, too, like weird pieces of art. I hit this dude up with a DM last year, and he lets my students and I come up. So we go up to his place, uh, the Invisible Dog Studios in Brooklyn, and I take a group of students and just the drive up, the time in New York, Kids have never been there before. They all bring their skateboards or skating around Brooklyn. Then we go to another place called the Brooklyn Circus, which is like super high-end store for like, uh, it's mostly like, there's a lot of like hip hop artists that shop there and stuff. But we meet Ouija, who's the creator of this store. We all go there. He talks to us about how he comes up with designs, how he designs clothing, how they sell it, what he looks for in employees. And it's like this super immersive, amazing day where we're like, Screen printing shirts and getting free stuff and hanging out and eating in the city. And that lock, that connection point with those dudes and me, I didn't do anything. I sent a DM and I drove to New York and it was like, have at it, guys. And that, but that bond that was created from doing that, I just think is huge. So I think that volunteer portion will also help. But anytime you can get your students outside of the class to have a good experience, especially in smaller groups, it's just, it is character building. It's relationship building. It's It's letting kids know that they have actual homies that they have actual experiences with. It's the best. Um, oh, snap. What just happened? You're
0: sending
1: yourself a super chat. No, I don't even know how super chats work. I don't know what that was.
0: Oh, stink. I Man, know. now it
1: disappeared. Now I'm going to finish my coffee. Sorry. Oh, you're really... We're on fire tonight with, uh, things. Stop you shouldn't
0: be. I did.
1: It was accident.
0: What was the last question we just did?
1: Uh, volunteering. Students Habitat for Humanity. Hold on. Um, this is my apology. I hit a button and it messed everything up. And now we're waiting.
0: Now your wife is mad.
1: Now my wife's mad. She's going to lose her charger again because she's shooting <laughs> off the table every time we do it. But we did get a Christmas tree. It's still looking flat over there, and it's a little bit crooked. All right.
0: Um, and that until I find where we okay. were. Okay, we'll you
1: figure know. out where we were, and then we'll pick up from there. But for right now, uh, Justin Credible Studios is saying, hey, Reynolds, I'm in the process of becoming a substitute. Do you have any advice to, on making connections with students and making an impression on teachers so they'll hire or call me again? Yeah, just keep showing up. I think that being a substitute is incredibly difficult, but it, not in a way that I would say you shouldn't do it. People I know that have found success, even people that have commented on here that found success in substituting, I think it's because they just kept showing up all the time. And so you go on, you you are there for a day and you realize that you cannot connect with students and that's fine. You just keep trying. I think you spend more time in the hallway. You spend time saying hello, goodbye, what's up, whatever. The more kids see you, this is even for regular teachers. The more they see you, the more comfortable they'll feel. And we know this because if you ever went to a friend's house when you were a kid, right? Most of my friends had moms that stayed home um, or didn't or were there when I was there as a kid. When they're, And so I always felt comfortable with their moms. but When their dads came home, it was always kind of awkward or like, dude, this is kind of weird. Like this dude's never in your house. And it gets awkward. And I think the same can happen with teachers that the more they see you, the more they know you. And that's the connection point right there. So that's what I would do is just keep going back and – Schools will call you if they have a good experience with you, and if you show up and if you do what's asked, they'll just keep calling you because it's easy. Because it's here's someone we can finally trust to sub here. Uh, Howard's art class is saying, "Hey Reynolds, I'm having trouble staying consistent with classroom management or having the kids take advantage of my kindness in certain classes. Any tips on staying consistent?" I would say one of the things that I do is uh, I stop class and tell kids like, "Look." I don't like how this is going because I don't think it benefits you, right? And sometimes I I make it about me and I tell them that hurts my feelings or I tell them that I, you know, I'm feeling dissed. But most of the time it's like I am, what I'm trying to get get across is like everything we do in here is for you. It's like that Brian Adams song, everything I do, I do it for you. Uh, And then maybe play that song in class. I don't really know. But I think that that helps sometimes. I think the other part about being consistent is scaling, Start with, you know, if, if if someone had zero ability to control class, my first thing I would say is no matter what, no matter what's going on, be at your door every single day, look kids in the eye and shake their hand and say what's up. Or high five or whatever you want to do, crazy handshakes and stuff like that. My guys don't snaps lately like this, but it snaps when you do it. And I can't do it because I tell them I'm too old. Um they so whatever it is, that is you're meeting them as soon as they come in. They're not coming in under the radar. Then start class the same, like I start class the same almost every single day, which is either a vocab assignment or a journal writing assignment. So you know what to expect when they come in. And so then you just take those two things and you win, right? Maybe just shake hands for like a week. And then the next week you pick one other thing you're going to do, right? One other thing. There's one kid that you have to pull out of class and talk to. There's one kid you need to like eat lunch with. There's one kid that is trying to put up a front and not talk to you. And you want to push that a little bit, but having actual goals and then scaling them over time really, really helps because otherwise it's like, so I was watching the, um, Spider-Man, uh, miles Morales movie is coming out and Peter Parker is telling miles Morales. And if you don't know who that is, it doesn't matter. He says, you can't think of it as saving the world. You have to think of it as saving one person at a time. And so I think you rig the game to win. You come up with one tactic, one thing you're going to work on, and then the next week, one more thing, and then one more thing, and then one more thing, and then just keep going, and then that's how you get better at it. Um, that one? Mm-hmm. Hannah Maxwell. Um, some people have really nice profile pictures. Mm-hmm. Like that looks like a professionally made picture. And Maxwell is my new cousin's name. She was just born yesterday. Um. So good work with, I don't know if she was named after you, but you know, we could think that. Uh, So Hannah's asking, I'm about to start student teaching. And although I'm going to teach for elementary, I was wondering if you have any tips for student teaching. What if mine or my mentor's teaching styles don't mesh? Uh, So that's a real thing. And I think, I think, you know, there's so many commonalities between all teachers that like, it's, you know, I, I appreciate you even asking that. I think, immersing yourself um, is huge, right? So what I would do is I would get there as early as I can every day and I would stay as late as I can. That shows commitment and it's going to let you in on secrets that do not exist during the hours of operation, right? So if you want to, if you work at a store, right, and you get there before the customers come in and stay till after they leave, you get a different sense of what that store looks like, of how it operates, of how how like the manager is after hours or before hours or whatever. It just gives you a better sense of what's going on. I think that also trying to get involved in things outside of the classroom, whether it's, you know, extra duty, like somebody doesn't want to do like find out. So two things. One is um, if there's a play going on, if there's coaching that's needed, whatever it is, get involved in those things, the things that you're excited about. And then I would also say, ask, willingly to do the things nobody else wants to do no one likes bus duty i'll do bus duty every day like and it'll be awesome we'll make it awesome um no one wants to do extra late parent pickup i got it i'll do it i'll sign up right now i'll do it every single day it's gonna be awesome i'm just warning you it's gonna be awesome and then just because you're gonna bring a fire and a and a and a love for the job that like maybe some teachers just don't have anymore and you just kind of giving them a break for those couple months that they're there so that's what i would do uh kenya johnson is saying i just got my first job at a middle school as a middle school science teacher congratulations that is awesome my first year i will be working under an experienced teacher any tips on how to build positive relationships with that teacher this is similar to the question i just got um i think a way to build positive relationships is one noting that they know more than you do right like off the from the jump never trying to come off like you know more Now you might have ideas, you might have things you want to try, but it's like about, I think sometimes it's about respecting the experience that somebody else has and, and knowing that that's a real thing. Like even if they've kind of lost their fire, even if they're kind of mean to the kids anymore, like realizing that they just know more than you do. And that could inform your, your practice. I think also getting to know them. So saying like, Hey, I'm really glad that, you know, we'll be working together. Maybe we could go out for dinner. Um, one night talk about it, and and you know, I'd love to just hear your story on like how you got into teaching. What's your biggest success you've ever had? What's your biggest struggle that you've ever had? What do you think has changed in the last twenty years since you've been teaching or whatever it is? Um, and and making it about them so they get it, you get more of a feel of who they are outside of the classroom. I think wins every time, and like everything else, that's where you really build relationships. That's where you really forge those bonds. And the better relationship or bond you have with them, the better off you are. Uh, Jules G is saying, made it. Oh, all right. Uh, she made it. Uh, Jules is saying, well, that could be a dude's name also. Not really sure. But Jules, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, in Beijing for my for the semester doing student teaching in January. Awesome. Man, in Beijing? That is incredible. Uh, you should check out my friend, Nayara. What's Nayara? Nayara for music? Yeah. Music Nayara? music. Um, she's on here also, and she teaches in China as well. Um, nervous about classroom management. I've been told to be more hardcore. It's not my personality. What if humor backfires? Look, anything can backfire. Here's the thing. You can always fix it. There is this sense in teaching that you have this minimal amount of time to make the greatest impact ever. And if you screw it up, then it's done. You better chalk the year. And that's such nonsense. You can fix anything. I have said like the wrong thing to my wife a million times, 23 years, we're still together. (laughs) Um, I have said the wrong thing to students, to parents. I've done the wrong things with my kids. I've done the wrong thing with my dog. I, have you know, you just can fix stuff, but it's all about being vulnerable and being willing to admit that you were wrong and then making amends. And then you can fix anything. Now we'll take a little bit longer. Maybe who knows? Um, all right? Um, So I just think that just being mindful of that, you can fix anything and don't worry about it. I am not a hardcore dude. Now, I think you can be consistent, but that doesn't mean that you can't laugh in a classroom. I just never think that that's the case. I think there's always room for that. Now, look, there are certain classes I have that I can go full tilt jackass in that class, right? That it is funny they can rein it back in they get it it moves well and all that and there's other classes that are sort of like i don't know it's like trying to train kittens and there's a lot of kittens that don't want to stay in the basket in the cage and no, not cages. that's not a really a good metaphor for school but like um they're just a little bit more wiry like when you play with the older more mature dog will say they can just fall back in line afterwards you play with a puppy that thing's gonna be jumping around for years after that so being mindful of that, but I think be yourself, and um, and if it doesn't go well, just change, just keep pivoting. Uh, teach a latte. That is hilarious. I love that. Why do they call it a latte? Because it costs a latte, and it takes a latte time to make. That was one of the best commercials ever. I've been teaching in a rural suburban south or in the rural suburban south for seventeen years, and moved back north last year. Any thoughts? On how to make myself more marketable, getting interesting responses to my experience. Um, geez, you could start a YouTube channel, and then everybody would know all about you. But I think, geez, I, I, what would I say to that? Look, I think I, I would say this. I, I just think that when you find the right school, you find the right school. There have been schools where I look. There was a time. It, we a neighborhood close to ours collingswood i was trying to get a job at collingswood high school right and they had this long like res like not even a resume it was like forms the application was enormous it took me like two days to fill it out because i had to go find information out and then bring it back and plug it all in so i ended up not getting the job and the guy that got the job had his degree from harvard university and his undergrad from upenn i went to community college for three years and then i think it was three years then i went to a four-year school uh rowan university here in new jersey that if you're from new jersey you know what that is but if i move to mississippi no everyone's gonna be like what is that rowan university is online um i just i had no like on paper i just don't look like a big deal but I just thought if I could get the interview, man, like, I know I could teach my ass off. I know I could do whatever you need me to, like, I'm going to be a better teacher than anybody else that's coming in for this job simply because I'm deciding I'm going to be, right? And some of those people may have been awesome, but I was going to outdo them. I was just going to outwork them or whatever I had to do, right? But so I think it's about getting those interviews and then just being, knowing that, like, look, man, it, I tell people all the time, like, if you... Give me a job speaking at your school I will bring it like nobody else because I want to bring that value and I th- so I think it's more about telling, providing the school with like an amount of value that you're going to bring to their students to their parents their to their staff um to their community that that's what I would try to be like you know quote unquote selling um to schools because I'm trying to com- like let them understand how much value I'm trying to bring to to what I'm doing here um, Stephanie Jimenez is saying I've been subbing this year and just got asked to long-term sub in seventh grade math. Also, I'm an alt cert program. I'm in an alt cert program from seventh to 12th grade English. Any advice to be a good first time educator and get the most out of the experience? Yeah, I think just sign up. I just think being a part of the community of your school really, really helps. I think a lot of teachers don't do that. Most first year teachers. I know I did this. You like are in your room because you're so busy. You have a thousand things going on You never go out for drinks. You never go out for dinner. You never go to the party that everyone's going to. And I think that there is a direct correlation in my school from people that stay to people that are connected. Now, maybe they don't go out to everything, but they find people to be connected with. And that makes you want to stay. So as soon as you get there observing other classes, finding people that you think are interesting and then inviting them over your house, invite them over for drinks, invite them over to carve pumpkins, whatever it is. That's the stuff that is going to connect you. And then that's going to be what sustains you on days that are tough, but also on days that are awesome. Look, one time I went to the Grand Canyon by myself. I drove cross country from New Jersey to California by myself. I lived in the back of my van for two and a half months. I remember I got to the Grand Canyon in the middle of the night, snuck in because apparently they make you pay to go to the Grand Canyon. Um, I snuck in, and the next morning I was so excited, but there was nobody to tell. Like, there was no one around, there was no one to share my excitement with. It's fun. It, it sh- experiences that are shared are more fun. So, find people to share your experiences with. Uh, a name that I don't know what to say this name is K P A W L U Zero Zero. Sounds like my Wi Fi password at my house. Um, <laughs> Do you ever deal with other teachers speaking poorly of you because of your ability to connect with your students? Uh, how would you or do you handle that? All the time. Uh, and even if they don't really say stuff, I always assume. I'm like, look at them. They're probably talking about me over there. Yep, they're saying they're saying it again. They're doing it again. So I, it's my own negative self-talk that does that all the time. I think one of the ways I deal with that is trying to bring people in. I think if folks do that, a lot of times they're jealous um, of, of what's going on. And I know that I, or I guess that because I know I'm jealous. If I see someone really connect with, a, with students or with a student I couldn't get through, um, I get a little bit jealous over that. <clears throat> so I think finding ways to bring other people into the awesomeness you're doing. So whenever I have a really great speaker coming in, right, I have some awesome people lined up for, I haven't had anyone this year. I haven't been able to get anybody in but after the new year, I have some really fantastic people that I'm trying to hook up with. And my plan is to do it after school from now on. So I'm no longer going to try to have speakers come in during the class. Um, it's all going to happen after school. So school's done at like 255, 250, something like that. Um, and then having folks come in from like three to four and then inviting certain students in. And then inviting staff into that too. Because Some of these people are kind of like in Philly anyway are kind of a big deal. And so, like, I have a dude that's trying to hook me up with the old DJ from um, Diggable Planets, which is one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time. So, like, I know a bunch of old heads in my school that would be stoked or parents that would even be stoked that, like, the DJ from Diggable Planets is coming into my school. So if I can make that happen, I open it up to everyone to allow everyone to be a part of the awesomeness. If you're eating lunch with students and it's really going great, you should find someone that you think is having a hard time with you and be like, hey, like... We never get to hang out like, but I eat lunch with the students every day. Maybe you should come in and hang out with us one day, like on Wednesday. Um, I think they would really enjoy that. And then you're bringing them into your awesomeness and then they don't, they can't talk shit because they're a part of it. Uh, every day by Victor Alves is saying, I have a question uh, in Brazil. We don't have, we don't have only one classroom instead of the students and the te- Oh, the teachers change rooms. I've heard of this before. Is it possible to create an environment like yours in this way? Look, I think, um, I'm going to assume your name's Victor. Um, Victor, I'm going to assume. So like when you change classrooms, I'm wondering if, if, if I had to do, I almost kind of want to do this cause I want the challenge. Cause I know there's something awesome to be, to be done there. Is there some way you could have like a portable thing that you bring with you or one or two, three things that you come in and you just every day hang them up in that room or you put them up on the wall or you make some kind of change or even if it's your PowerPoint changes on the back, but it becomes your space once that thing is up. I once read a book and I don't remember what it was, but I remember being a little kid and there was a child in the book that had a whole bunch of siblings and they didn't have their own room, but they asked their mom if they could just have a corner. And so then they got a corner. And if I remember correctly, it was something like they got like a crate they found in the street, like an old wooden kind of like crate that you would have carried milk in back in the day. Put that in there. They put like a piece of fabric over it. They made some pictures and put them on the wall and they made this like little chill spot, but it was just in the corner. And then I think all of their siblings got like jealous and they wanted corners now also. But is there space in all those classrooms where you could have a wall, a corner, a section, like a door, something that you could make it your own and then make it the most awesome thing ever. I often think if I had a cart, like if I was one of these teachers, I was stuck on a cart looking like I was like working on an airplane, I would have the most pint out cart ever. It would have lights, music, it would have like jokes. It would blow bubbles as I walked down the hallway. I mean, it would be an experience for people to walk by me. And I just think that that is what I would do. It's like, take whatever you can get and then just make it the most awesome thing ever. Even if they give you a closet, when you open that closet, that shit is, is amazing looking. Like it's, There's lights inside, it's like a surprise confetti comes out, whatever it is, um, that's what I would try to do. Wendy Swanson is saying, have you ever been cussed out by a parent before? Yep, um, I've had all kinds of weird experiences with parents before. Um, they, I think <clears throat> sometimes you can win those, Sometimes you can't. Sometimes parents are just venting and they're just aggravated about it. Uh, I don't think I've ever deserved it. But I one of the things I you know I try to do in those moments is like, let parents know, I realize that you're upset. The thing I want you to walk away knowing though, more than anything, is that I'm here for your child and I actually care. Like, I'm not trying to win. I don't wanna win any situation ever. I never wanna convince you that your kid's one way and not another. I don't wanna convince you that he shouldn't be in my class, or that he needs to work harder. What I want to do is partner with you to figure out a way for your child to succeed. And I know that you know your child better than anyone. Now, I might know stuff about your kid that you don't know about, or you might be fooling yourself that your kid's this dude when he's actually kind of this dude. That is all real. But ultimately, the parent always knows the child more or better than you do. And so in, in any healthy relationship, right, there's there maybe someone, maybe there's weird situations. But ultimately, I'd say the majority of my parents, that's the situation. Now, what can I do to, to help Like, or what can we do to help your child succeed? That conversation, I think, stops people in their tracks all the time, especially when you tell them, look, just so you know, I'm not trying to win here. Um, I think that goes over really well, too, because then it stops the competition and it starts the partnership. Um Harrison Family Vlog. Why do we know that? Uh, I don't know, but we do know that name. I feel like I know that channel for some reason. Anyway, Harrison Family Vlogs. Now I'm going to look it up later. Uh, do you speak at professional developments? I sure do. I speak anywhere that I can. Sometimes on street corners when nobody else wants to listen to me. Um, that wasn't really funny. But uh, I speak at professional developments all the time. And I speak at like conferences. I speak at um i never spent with students before but i would like to do that i think colleges i think that would be a good one um i'm gonna keep pulling this thing i'm gonna poke you with this uh so yeah i do in short uh what do you got next oh you didn't have another one for me. oh there's one. oh
0: and this is the last one
1: uh sherida okay. Sher, i think i'm saying your name right i apologize um uh, brown is saying wait i have an observation this week but i have an idea of what they are looking for or I, sometimes yeah. I try and read too fast. I have, an idea. I have an idea of what they are looking for assessment wise, but I have no idea what my supervisors are looking for. Thoughts to anyone I would say two things. One, I'm gonna plug this uh Facebook group again because I think that's a great question to put in the closed Facebook group. Um you can even put on Teachers Connect too. But I think um, one asking them ahead of time like hey just so I know, like what kind of things are you looking for this week? Cause I want to make sure that I'm I can get assessed on like I want your feedback and I'm and I'm looking for that. I'm eager to get it. That'll win. I'm eager to get it. Uh so what kind of things are you looking for? And if not, afterwards, say, like be on the offense when you're getting your debrief, like, oh, okay, those are the things you're looking for, and then write them down. Okay, because for next time I want to make sure that I can do the best job that I possibly can. I really want to grow in my craft and I know that you can help me do that. So like taking notes instead of like someone saying you weren't very good at that. Cause look, some people that observe can be really cool. Like I said earlier, the woman that observes me, miss list who doesn't watch this. So it's not like, um, you know, sort of brown nosing here or something, but like just pretty gross. That's a gross term. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, she, And I have a conversation afterwards and that's how she sets it up. And she's really great about that. And even the the dude before her, Mr. Rebuy was awesome like that too. But for some people, I feel like trying to stick it to you or they're like, you didn't do this. How come you didn't have the uh, standards on the, on the board, right? Which is a, game-winning situation always, right? Like the kids are going to read the standards and know what the hell those are on there for. Um, how come your pre-class wasn't on the board? I didn't see you moving around the room so much, or you didn't ask this kind of question. There needs to be more critical thinking questions. I would say, that's a great idea. Do you think I should put the standards on this side of my board or over on the side, or should I keep them somewhere in a bulletin board, right? Or, um, so moving around the room, I thought about doing that, but I noticed this before when I did that, maybe you have some advice on how I could move more fluidly around the classroom. So what you're doing is taking their, their piece of advice to the next level and kind of pushing it back on them. So they can, you can get some real advice. It's not just like a one off where they're just throwing things back at you, but you're actually like, um, asking for more feedback. Right. And I just think that that wins every single time because you're, you're showing that you want the advice you and, and, and you do, it's not like just some tactic to like t- show them you're not afraid, but you're like actually asking for feedback. I think most of us don't want feedback, right? It's scary. And, or you don't think someone knows anything, but like welcoming that in is going to help you out tremendously. So look, is that, it?
0: yeah. we didn't. Have time all right, so for all look, I don't have time
1: for of all of them. And I really apologize. I have a couple suggestions for that. One, you can email me. I'm trying to get back to all my emails. I actually cleared my inbox uh, two weeks ago and now it's filled again, but um, that felt really good. Two, you can go to the closed Facebook group, which is just Real Rap with Reynolds. Oh, the the Wife for Life linked it in there, but Real Rap with Reynolds teacher talk. Uh, You can ask any question in there. All you have to do is be in some form of education to get in, right? So it's like your teacher, your social worker, your principal, your vice principal, your counselor, whatever it is, you, education student um can get into the group and then if anyone's interested we're, i'm also offering now for the first time ever uh private mentoring with me so you email me i let you know what that's going to look like um, in terms of cost and then we figure it out like we figure out what works for you what times work for you and all that stuff so that's it yeah. Email me if you're interested in that gang. Let me just leave you with this while all 113 people are watching this right now, which is really incredible that that many people would even stay up on a Sunday night and and watch this. Um, As we get closer to the holidays, in case you've not had experience with this before, it is a time that brings a lot of uncertainty up in students, whether they've lost someone, they are dealing with something. They're not sure if, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah is going to even happen this year. Um, They, their parents are moving. Like it just brings a lot of stuff up for kids. Um, Be mindful of that going forward. Right. And just be, I think learning to just remind yourself to be gentle with students really helps. And then reverse engineering the month. Right. So for those of you that are planning out, like, what is this month going to look like to a T as close as you can get it just really helps you kind of like work towards it and then be excited. Do not show up on The first day of winter break, like, oh my God, we finally made it. We made it. You want to make it and have energy to enjoy your break also because the break goes by very, very quickly. Um, So that's just my bit of advice. Gang, you're the best. And I love that you're on here every week. And I love that you're sharing. And I love that you're sharing with people and that you're helping people out and that you're a part of this kind of movement of folks that are not sitting quietly alone at home on Sunday nights, beating themselves up or being terrified about. The next morning, there's
0: my client. Barry Boza
1: calling (laughs) you, my wife's client, uh, on a Sunday night. Um, And that's it. And if nothing else, just remember the Eagles won, and it's the midseason finale for Walking Dead tonight. So we got that to look forward to. All right, everybody. Hope you have the greatest week ever. Peace.